0: Captain Archer of the battle cruiser Enterprise Enterprise I
1: To the measure of a fan a star trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of star trek in chronological order one of them doing so for the first time my name is pj montgomery and i am joined as ever by matt troy hello and elliot red
0: hello everybody i can't i can't help but notice there that um there's been a minor promotion and elliot has now (laughs) been described as a nerd also uh but also, at first, is this is he got like his ensign pips or something now? Well, I, I felt like I had to mix up the intro
1: a bit because I feel like after having now watched an entire season of Star Trek, I can't really call him a noob anymore. You know, we've subjected him to a whole year's worth of episodes now. So
2: the funny thing is that I, I don't feel any more knowledgeable at all having seen this season <laughs> of Star Trek. So <laughs> it's 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 difficult for me to feel like I've earned any kind of title through seeing this show.
0: Yeah, I mean, if anything, just Endurance, I think, maybe is your... uh,
1: I guess I just figured, you know, if we got to, like, Nemesis and I was still calling him a noob, and so I wanted to just nip that in the bud early. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Also, you slightly adjusted the rank of one of the main characters and expected me not to notice. (laughs) I mean... Did you see Chief O'Brien's rank pips throughout the first
1: six seasons of TNG and like two or three seasons of DS9?
0: It was sweet corn. (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep cut reference, Elliot, that you won't get for several years.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Good God. I'm going to be listening to this podcast when I'm 32 going, oh, I finally get it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
1: have to try and remember to refer you back to certain episodes.
2: (laughs) We're going to need a historian by
0: that point to uh, remember what was said and done in the podcast.
1: We'll have to have our own wiki.
0: Yes. (laughs) I've always wanted my (laughs) wiki.
1: If anyone wants to start running that, you know, we'll buy you a donut. There we go. A delicious donut. Well, I can't promise that. (laughs) This week... (laughs) <laughs> this week we are looking at Dead Stop from Season 2 of Enterprise, written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong, and directed by Roxanne Dawson, Bill Anatores from Voyager, who's also in the episode. Oh. Wait, who has? Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment.
2: So aren't there no characters except for the main cast no. in this episode? Oh. You so would think. think. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay, right. So we, uh, we open...
1: <laughs> with basically an acknowledgement of, hey, our ship got really fucked up last week, and I like that they're just actually properly following on and acknowledging that they got fucked up last week.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep, this is the first time that the show has felt like it's really had any sense of momentum that it's decided to run with like yeah. over the course of a couple of episodes or so to create the feeling of a real TV show. It's cool.
1: <laughs> to be honest... It's not really something Star Trek does very often. Usually if a ship is badly damaged one week, next week it's just fine.
0: But also we can kind of forgive that through a lot of the series' run because it was of a time when they were using physical models and they couldn't really gnarl them up that bad. But by the time something like Voyager came around, there was no excuse and they were still doing it. I think it was like halfway through Voyager
1: they moved to all CGI models or something. But um...
0: Yeah. Uh, it's interesting.
2: It's, it's more like like singular contained stories more like then so it would be you know a singular contained story the ship gets damaged or whatever but that story's over so next episode is a few months onwards and we don't need to worry about how it got fixed or anything but this time they're actually interlocking the damage of the previous episode with the story of this episode yeah but when
1: we get to the original series next generation and to a large degree voyager those are very much one and done episodes mm-hmm. it's rare that something will carry on from one episode to another yeah. space nine that's where star trek really starts introducing arc plots and does it really really well and then they tried and failed with the first season of enterprise but um you know at least this time they are acknowledging it's not so much a serialized or to be continued thing in this one it's just an acknowledgement of what's happened before
2: yeah it is interesting though that it's a. Uh... While this isn't like an arcing story for a whole season or anything, this is just two episodes that happen to take place back to back that actually have nothing to do with each other story-wise, and they're not like a two-parter or anything, but they still literally happen back to back off the top of each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and one is a direct result of the other.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, and it's it's it makes you maybe think that that's what they're going to keep doing with the series, but I, I obviously don't assume that that's the case. I mean, episode two, for God's sake, feels like it really doesn't fit in the episodes that we've seen so far.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the damage is so extensive that it's going to take, I don't know, what do they say, like three months or something? And that's if they could get to Jupiter Station and that journey is going to take a number of years because they can only get up to Warp 2. So Archer says, well, we've helped a lot of people over the last few months. Let's send out a distress call and we'll get some help ourselves.
2: Can you fucking imagine
0: if anybody he'd interacted with actually got back in touch? <laughs> <laughs> that drunk Klingon guy? That would be fun. Drunk Klingon, <laughs> the race of people that he left to die because, uh, because of genocide. The, the Sulaban? The 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 race of guys with a prison? Clancy Vulcan, Brown. Yeah. yeah, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown?
1: The hunters <laughs> that Malcolm jerked off over? Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the underground people?
2: The Andorians? <laughs> like.
0: So pretty much everyone's like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. Uh, I was living my life, and he came along, and he basically. Pull down my pants and give me a moral spanking. <laughs> no, though I felt like he didn't deserve that he had the right to, and then he was on his way. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he called
2: me ugly at some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that scene in the airplane where the, the, the woman is hysterical and they're all lining up with like increasingly elaborate weapons to beat them. Yeah. That's what it would be like if anybody from Archer's recent history had caught up with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny.
1: <laughs> so then we get our opening credits and then we cut to bay, where Malcolm is either giving birth or having
0: a massive shit oh I thought he was having an enema <laughs> 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 yeah he just his face looked
2: uncomfortable didn't it
0: yeah whatever Flox yeah. was doing to him it was not good
1: yeah Flox is basically rehabilitating him after doing as much work as he can to his leg and I do like he's like well this would go even better if you'd let me put more bloodworms in you. <laughs>
0: like one still hasn't come out, and I don't know where it is. Doctor Flock, I know it's not
2: a bloodworm. You can't put it in me again. <laughs> <laughs> it does lead to the great Flock's line, where he says Malcolm says something about it being too painful or something, and Doctor Flox says, as a doctor, that he can't harm his patients, but he can cause as much pain as he wants. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a fun
2: scene. Yeah, I enjoyed that.
1: Then we cut to Archer's quarters. We see Porthos. That's lovely. They bring back the motherfucking squeak. The squeak oh. is back.
2: We get a couple of callbacks this episode. Yeah. And the, the squeak, squeak that I'm mean.
1: sure... Wasn't that from like the, the Hoshi, the language was inside you all along episodes? The like episode? the it was episode, episode two
2: or three. Yeah. like. And it gets
1: mentioned and we all said, oh, no, Elliot, that's never coming back.
0: How wrong we were. Do you know what? It would have been really good if they'd have got like a special guest star in, like a massive one to do the squeak. Like it was just like Robert Downey Jr. going, squeak. <laughs> yeah, squeak. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did literally write the note, oh my God, the squeak's back. I wrote, the squeak is back as well. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, you don't really make notes, but.
2: No, but I still remembered the squeak, and I was the one who <laughs> brought it up in the first place, if I remember rightly, or because of the pause that he made when we—he probably forgot yeah. his line. Oh um, yes, <laughs> the that's that's the first callback I know, and then in a bit when we—oh no, we, we'll get to what happens next, and then we'll get yeah, to the
1: next one. yeah. I, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, but. Yeah. Um, We then get the distress call is picked up by a Tellarite freighter, and we actually hear them try and talk to some Tellarites who are too far away. So this is the first time we hear Tellarites in Enterprise.
0: Oh, they're teasing! They've been
1: mentioned. We still haven't seen them, but now we've heard them, and they just sound like people.
0: I was um I was researching after the end of the episode last week, and it might actually have been the first time that Tellarites were mentioned. I may have been wrong, but you know, I'm not sure. If anyone can, oh, because I researched
1: too, and it did. It said. My research said uh, they did get mentioned in the episode Civilization.
2: Oh Oh, right, I I definitely remember hearing their name at some point. I don't know if it's just through you guys or not. You know, we talk after every episode (laughs) about Star Trek. (laughs) Weird that. Mm. (laughs) It it kind of blurs the lines a little (laughs) with all these names.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've I've just finished editing the first episode of our second season, and we say Tellarites a lot in that.
2: So okay, well. It feels like I've heard their name in the show, but I, I, have yeah. you explained to me that they're the pig people? Yes. yes. They are pig the pig people.
0: people. Pig people look like pigs, but they're people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Taylorites theme song. <laughs>
0: it's the national anthem. <laughs> the planet has a whole anthem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But the uh, the Tellarites can't help the Enterprise themselves, but they do send coordinates to a repair station. To a garage. <laughs> so the Enterprise goes to the garage mm-hmm. and basically it it's sort of it looks too small for them to fit in. There's no life signs. The atmosphere's poor. Like I think you say it would freeze them and it's all poisonous or something. And there's they're just they're not really sure what's going on when suddenly it, it sort of opens up the outside of this, this space station thing big enough to fit the Enterprise in it and then the atmosphere changes so that it can handle humans so Archer, Trip and T'Pol board the station and the station's computer, which is Roxanne Dawson, starts talking to them
2: as I suspected, I was like that's the only other human function that would be involved but it's not a human, it's a computer I'm not a fancy blue suited spaceman
0: But whatever 300 liters of warp plasma is, it doesn't seem like it's enough for all that work already. (laughs) And the fact that they just go, great, let's do this. I mean, I know they're in a a tight spot, but why isn't everybody like, hmm, better keep our eye on this creepy station that gives you catfish? (laughs) Apparently, according to Memory Alpha, quite a
1: few people auditioned to be the station, and none of them were very good, and Roxanne <laughs> Dawson, who was directing anyway, went, oh, I'll just do it myself then.
0: How bad do you have to be not to be able to do like the voice of a
1: computer? Well, she's also voiced a computer before in season two of Voyager as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Dreadnought. So she had experience. But I actually really like what she does with this one because the design of the room, that central room, the sort of the white walls and everything, and the way she speaks, it very much reminded me of sort of what you'd see in 1970s sci-fi pictures. So like Silent Running, Logan's yes. Run,
0: that kind of thing. I wrote down a note saying it very much had the feel and music actually of like the movie, the first Star Trek movie. yeah.
1: Yeah, so I I feel like that's where she was pitching her performance, and I think she did a brilliant job with that. It was great. And, um, yeah, I just really liked the the look of the station, and I think going for that sort of old-school sci-fi vibe with a show made in the early 2000s sort of helped make it feel quite alien.
2: Yes, I, I agree with you. Yeah, honestly, this station with the just the effect of all of the tricks they use to build up the mystery. This is probably the creepiest episode of enterprise so far, just because of the atmosphere of the station and the, like the fact that you know that there's a hidden intention somewhere behind what they're doing and it's not altruistic in nature. Yeah. Like it felt really, it made this world feel a lot more lived in as well. It felt like more of a Bethesda fallout game or something where, you know, you're low on health, but you may randomly encounter somebody who may, maybe fuck you over but also help you out a little bit or something like yeah. it's just a wild space wet spice wild west you know where everyone's kind it's of out space. for themselves
0: yeah i also think there was uh, a bit of a 2001 space odyssey kind of thing yeah. going through this as well like the obsequious computer that you know you can't trust mm-hmm. yes very much so so
1: in, in the room, a hologram pops up of, of the Enterprise, showing all the damage, including the scrape-in-the-paint Trip created in the pilot episode when yeah. he bumped into it with their shuttle pod. <laughs> Which he didn't fix.
2: <laughs> I did like that Archer moment. I, I'm pretty sure I told you to fix that.
1: I was going to get round to it!
2: <laughs> yeah, and again, this is like within ten minutes, that's another callback to a previous Season 1 episode. Uh, this the Different episodes. Yeah, they were different episodes, those two things. yeah. Now, it's obvious that the the squeak... Well, well, we don't know about the squeak. It's obvious that that little Archer-Trip interaction was a written script thing that they could just call back to if they wanted. But the squeak, they never introduced it or resolved it in any way. So why did the squeak exist in the first place? Because it's not worth waiting a whole season just to bring it (laughs) back as a callback in episode two or whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's probably just like a bolt that's loose or something, and then he
2: walks on it, runs <laughs> something really simple. Are they going to mention it once per season, then it's Archer's actual arc, his character arc, yeah. is just this squeak? <laughs> Eventually, oh, Yeah, I'll brain just brain. tell
1: you now, Elliot, the very last episode of Enterprise is called The Squeak. So. <laughs> 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 I, um, I got
0: I to gotta point something out here. Like, DePaul orders... Like, they go to that little recreational room, don't they? and DePaul orders...
1: Water well, cold. before
0: they do that, sorry, Matt, but
1: I want to okay. I want to do this properly because the the station also shows a hologram of a person who looks wounded, and Archer says that must be Malcolm, and Tripp says, "How do you know?" and he says he's covered in shit. ha, yes. <laughs> 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 oh, then I'm
0: they go to, to, to the that. recreation <laughs> room. <laughs> yeah, and De DePaul's like water cold, and Trip's like oh, pan-fried catfish. No one ever says anything weird. Like no one goes. Lukewarm piss, and like that would be <laughs> like that would be impressive to me. But like shit, this thing, it's it's not just it's literally produced lukewarm piss, which is like one of the weak. Like I could order anything out of this. I mean, no, you don't order that in front of your friends. Give me like a a, a model of the Cheddar Goblin from Mandy, like give just,
2: whatever you want. Give me like a perfect replica of Middle Earth made out of like moon dust.
0: Yeah, push that thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, basically the the station has said that it's going to be like 34 or something hours to fix the Enterprise and Malcolm, and they're going to pay with so much warp plasma because they need paying. So they do go into this room which has replicators, and I do think it's quite a nice way to first introduce replicators into Star Trek and not have them get them now, just have them see it and have to poll say, oh, I feel like I've seen something like this on another ship somewhere and not make it a huge part of the plot. I think this is, this feels a lot more natural than that time Trip got knocked up on a holodeck. Yeah, definitely. And that Klingon saw house from here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I saw this technology and I went, okay, this is, I assume this is just future common Star Trek stuff. So does this technology just become readily available to Starfleet? Much later on, yes. Is that not a plot problem? Does that not become a problem where they could just like, oh, why didn't they just use the machine that can literally just materialize anything into their hands? I mean, the it's the it's the three wishes rule, isn't it? You you can't
0: you can't wish for the technology that is creating the thing that you want. It's it, it's just something that you can't do. <laughs> um, but also another thing as well, like, the Paul's like, oh yeah, I I've seen like a machine like this in Virgos Four or something. I've seen a machine like this called a tap you turn it on water comes out of it exactly the same principle <laughs>
1: yeah true but you can't get well maybe in some places you can but most places you won't get a
0: catfish out of a tap that, that is true <laughs> i mean like a big tap maybe in, in in
2: like florida how long have they been in space like over oh wait no yeah no. he has he has catfish on the ship doesn't he because they can yeah, literally it, just do anything anyway, even without these materializers. It might be frozen. Yeah. And he says it's not bad. He doesn't say it's good. He says it's not bad.
1: That's that's the thing that you find when you get to Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, where they have this replicator technology. You often find characters going, ooh, an actual cooked meal with real ingredients that were grown. Ooh, that's much better.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the general idea is that it's decent, but it's not the real thing. In one episode, Mark Twain gets a cigar from a replicator. And uh, yeah, (laughs) it's a long story. (laughs) But he's like, oh, that's (laughs) like a ring of bang. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's better than eating, you know, recycled turds. Yes. Yes.
1: Most things are. Archer is suspicious though. He's like, "Oh, I don't trust this. They're just gonna fix it. What do they want? I don't trust this food. I'm gonna stay on the ship in my quarters and eat whatever shit chef gives me."
0: Yeah, by all accounts, he's the captain of the ship, so he's getting the best fucking scram, isn't he? <laughs> like, he's not eating whatever Travis gets
2: given, is he? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't do too much wrong, did he, Archer? This episode, I mean, I
1: I think Archer's improved.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's he, been doing generally. well. This episode had, had a more professional air about it.
1: We then cut to sick bay, where Malcolm's leg is being repaired by a device and Flox is going, yep, that's that's cool, stand up. There you go, you can walk. And that's that scene.
2: There was that scene. See, was, no one has anything
1: to say about that. That's all was, that happens there.
2: Well, I, I remember there's, that's with the laser, right? He's putting a laser in his leg or something yeah, and healing yeah. him up with the skin. This is where I started to think boy, they're showing a lot of technology this episode. Not it's over. Not like it's overwhelming me or anything, but it's just compared to a lot of the previous episodes, they've been very sparse with showing this kind of stuff. And when they do, it's like, oh, there's no lasers or anything yet, so it's a regular missile or a grappling hook. or And now they're just like, nah, lasers heal people.
1: Well, it's it's alien technology to them. The, the Enterprise doesn't have this technology. It was provided by the station.
2: Oh, I see. That was from the station. I thought that was just like yeah. in Flux's medical kit already. Yeah,
1: they, they charged extra to fix Malcolm as well, as well as the warp plasma archer had to give them a little finger.
2: So is this that them saying, we now have this technology, we're taking it with us, or did they just do that for shits and giggles? No, people's? they don't
1: take it. It's just because if, if you noticed once it was done fixing Malcolm's leg, it dematerialized. Oh, did it? See, Elliot doesn't like scenes with Malcolm in, so he doesn't pay attention.
0: <laughs> oh, is it also around this bit where, like, Archer says to DePaul, like, I should do a better job of hiding my emotions. And then yes. Paul silently just said, thank you.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he basically says, because oh, she comes to say, oh, hey, repairs are all going well. And he's like, thank you. And she says, oh, you don't like something. And He's all, oh, you can read me like a book, DePaul. And then he says, yeah, I've learned to trust my feelings. And I was thinking, have you? When did you do that? Because your feelings were not
2: trustworthy a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, look to Paul. They might be terrorists, but I don't think they're terrorists. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they might be strapped to bombs, large black spherical <laughs> bombs with the word bomb written across them.
2: But I don't think they're terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be an alien, could be a female that I knew back on Earth, could be a slug. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to follow it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then we uh, cut back to the station's recreation room where Trip and Malcolm are having food together. And Trip starts going, whoa, our computer is like three stories high. And I'm, this one is in a tiny room and I really want to see it. And Malcolm goes, oh, I don't know. I've just got stabbed by a mine. I don't want to go messing with things. And Trip says, hey, let's mess with things. And I wrote down, Trip and Malcolm are going to end up tied up in a basement in their pants again. And they'll deserve it
0: again. This is this exactly the same thing. Trip is is about, he's thinking about having sex with this station, isn't he? That's what's going on. Like, this is his version of that. He's going to fuck the station. And Malcolm, once again, is his millhouse. I, I think it shows
1: that Malcolm is maybe starting <laughs> to grow as a character as well, that he's he's gone... He, he's Yeah, he joins in, but there is a moment of hesitation.
2: Yeah, only because he just got stabbed by a mine. That's the only reason there's hesitation. He still ends up smirking and going, Ah, screw it, let's go.
1: <laughs> but they break into an event bit in the station, they crawl along... And then they basically get transported off the station and onto the bridge of the Enterprise, where Topol gives them a, "Oh, you motherfuckers!" Look.
0: <laughs> I my my note for this scene is I can't believe those absolute fucking bozos are doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then we get a
1: scene I really liked of Archer give them giving them a proper telling off, and I was like, yes. Get your fucking crew in line. Yeah,
2: do your job, Archer. Yeah, absolutely. And even referencing back to where Malcolm said that he thought security or whatever orders had been getting lax on the ship recently, and yeah. Archer's like, "Well, s- screw you! I'm I'm gonna throw that back in your face and ground you. You're grounded, <laughs> both of you. <laughs> he You're grounded. He ground them both.
0: I'd have I'd have cut off one of their fingers." <laughs>
2: <laughs> which, which one? Obvious. We don't need to answer that. We know. Malcolm.
0: Yeah, we're gonna cut yeah. one of Malcolm's left-hand pinky finger
1: Yeah, that seems fair. And I do like the way though Archie goes, right, you both can find a quarters. Dismissed. Oh, wait, did you see anything weird? Was there anything <laughs> yeah. plot relevant
2: though? Before you go, quickly, I just forgot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then we go to Travis's quarters and Travis receives a uh, communication, and it's Archer. And Archer says, "Oh, hey, can you meet me in the launch bay?" And Travis says, "Well, I thought that was a section that was being repaired, and we're not supposed to go into those sections." And Archer says, "Just, just come down here. Just, just come down here." And Travis should have been suspicious.
0: Yeah, there should have been total red lights when he said his name. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this poor guy!
1: <laughs> but then, Topol calls Archer down to the launch bay a little bit later on, and Travis is fucking dead. <laughs> and the captain's like, "Who is he? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is there a random corpse on my ship?"
0: Corpses, I hate those guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, Flox is is taking Travis off to examine him, and this is where Lisa said the words. He looks sad, but inside, Flox is all, "Yes, I've been wanting to cut up one of these for ages." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh yeah he loves cats. <laughs> might well be slightly true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's he's dead,
1: burned up by something. We didn't really we didn't see anything happen. We just find this corpse.
2: They do try to allude to a, a like electric, electric shock current and then there's a big burn on his heart.
1: Isolytic shock is what they call it.
2: I don't know what that means. So uh, shock. It is a uh, shock isolated to a specific part. It has its own.
1: uh, It says "isolytic shock" in the plot summary on Memory Alpha, and that links to uh, an isolytic shock was a kind of energy discharge which was possible on a malfunctioning EPS grid. Such shock could certainly be fatal to humans, as Travis Mayweather found out.
0: (laughs) No, he didn't. (laughs) He, He didn't know shit. He got beamed out and replaced by a corpse. (laughs) it would be funny if he actually got killed by that in a future series because he never learned that lesson before (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah the only entry on memory alpha about
1: isolytic shocks is this episode it refers to this episode only it's never mentioned again apparently in star trek so i don't think it needed its own entry memory alpha that's being a bit too granular
0: also, this episode could have probably just looked up one other thing that happened in another episode where someone gets some kind of like blast and just did that instead. He's been stabbed by a batless, hmm. <laughs> a big pun- a big boxing glove on a spring <laughs> came out of the wall and killed him. <laughs> why do we him. have one of those? <laughs> well, Malcolm said it'd be funny. Yeah. Why are all the computers full of sparks and steam? Don't ask questions. <laughs> 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 uh.
1: But they they
0: start investigating
1: Travis's death, which Matt's already pointed out, did doesn't actually happen. <laughs> they, you know, look in his quarters and they can't find any signs of him being communicated with by anyone. So no one knows quite why he has gone down
2: to the launch bay. Yeah, they do treat it like a bit of a suicide, don't they? Going, oh, he wouldn't have done this. We need to look for clues and evidence of what I Like, he, he may have literally just seen a broken wire and tried to fix it. It's, like, not necessarily <laughs> that his state of mind is what's caused this to happen. But you guys do what you got to do. It, yeah,
0: it is a very weird investigation. I also like the bit where Archer tries to call the helpline and, and get through <laughs> the automated um, button yeah. pressing section <laughs> on that station. A member of my crew is dead. We don't know what
1: happened. Your inquiry was not recognized.
2: My helmsman was killed in launch bay one. We think it happened while that section was off limits.
0: All personnel are required to vacate areas that are undergoing reconstruction.
2: We're aware of that. You must have some kind of record of what happened.
0: All personnel are required to vacate areas that are undergoing reconstruction.
2: I need to talk to a person. Someone who can access your
0: database And tell me what happened.
2: Your inquiry was not recognized.
0: Yeah.
1: So he's all like, one of my crew is dead. And the computer's like, I don't understand that question.
0: Can I speak to a person, please? Dial three to speak to an operator. You're like, fuck off. (laughs) This is the most relatable part of this episode, actually, is trying to get through the automated (laughs) system to speak to a human being.
2: But it, it did make one of the scenes a little bit pointless towards the end. But we'll get there towards the end.
1: I think this is this is one of those, you know, that's Star Trek, a lot of episodes have a message. The message behind this one is automated call center systems are shit because they
0: will try and kill you. I made a note about the message of this episode, and we'll, we'll discuss that at the end as well.
1: <laughs> well, our next scene then, uh, Hoshi enters sickbay and is all sad about Travis. And she says, I just wanted to say goodbye. Oh, we were he was playing pranks on me. He was in the sexy room and he said he had a gelatinous life form on board and I needed to try and communicate with it. And then he just threw jam at my face. (laughs) I said, I was going to, and then she says, I said, I was going to get him back. And Flox went, so
0: you killed him. (laughs) (laughs) I think that like Travis basically pulled the equivalent of having his penis in a box of popcorn, uh, you know, kind of prank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This, this scene was weird because do you think, did you think that sickbay door's got a lock on it? You know, or just like a waiting... You know, like every doctor's room's got a waiting sign outside. Like, you shouldn't just be able to have people just like wander in when you're in the middle of an autopsy? <laughs> he had a, a see-through curtain. <laughs> yeah, <a> see-through curtain. <laughs> you might as well have had nothing.
1: <laughs> But then he's. Flock says to Hoshi, Ooh, wait a second. And they call Archer down. And Archer says, Sorry, who is this guy on
0: the <laughs> I got that probably... note as well.
1: <laughs> And Flock says, Well, I'll tell you who he isn't. He's not Travis. And Archer says, Who's Travis?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Travis. Even in death, nobody knows who he is. He's the Frank Grimes of this, uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, reference. man. <laughs>
2: very much so yeah even dies similarly
1: (laughs) but basically flox has figured out that because a couple of weeks ago he vaccinated the crew against rigelian fever the organisms that he put inside them are alive and fine and the ones in travis are not and they should be so that's how he knows it's not really travis flox explains it better than i just
0: did i'll be honest It still felt like a stretch. And also, was the mention of these creatures on that Memory Alpha article? Uh, It just says microorganisms. Ah, right. Okay, that's fine
2: then. Yeah, I felt a little Phantom Menace, but whatever. (laughs) Midichlorians. (laughs) Is it me or does
0: anybody else think that just sounds like a washing detergent? I washed this Jedi robe in normal
1: washing powder and (laughs) this one in midichlorians. (laughs) They're both brown. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they got to do some investigation. So Archer basically asks Trip and Malcolm, "So uh, how did you? How what distance were you when you got beamed out? And we're going to try and mess with the computer. And then, so the repairs are done. Enterprise is now fine, and." Trip wanders into the main computer room with the barrels of warp plasma and starts doing the whole "I'm not happy and I want to talk to a manager."
2: Yeah, thing. Here's, here's my issue with this scene. He's trying to stall for time with the computer. The computer he would he would need that he would the computer says, "Please put the things on the platform," and he could literally just sit there checking his nails for the next ten minutes and not respond. And that the equivalent would have happened. He didn't need to talk. <laughs> My theory on this particular scene is it's a riff
0: on Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It's basically a filibuster scene where Trip has to like chat shit at the computer, you know, to, to keep, to keep this whole thing going. Like in in American politics, a filibuster scene in a movie is usually seen as a pretty heroic thing. And this kind of was vaguely
2: what this was about. And, oh yeah. And, um, I found it to be fucking weird, but whatever. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I know exactly what they were going for here. It's the the hero stalling for time, outsmarting something. There's even points when the computer will say it's the thing that we've heard a thousand times throughout the episode of like that line was not recognized or or whatever it says whenever it doesn't know what you're saying. And Trip will take that as a as a like refusal of his offer and say no 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 you now you listen to me and try and talk harder. Or something, it it seemed so pointless, and literally he could have got the same result by staying silent. Problem is, I've been
1: both sides of that conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: one thing I'm glad that they didn't do.
0: I'm glad he didn't start fondling the console, and the computer's like, "What is this human thing you call love?" Mm. <laughs> I I do have the note.
1: If that had been Kirk, he'd have just talked it to death.
0: Yeah, he would have. He'd have like been <laughs> drive or something. I don't know what what. Kirk does the computers.
1: Kirk gets them to trap themselves in like logic loops, doesn't he? And then they explode because they can't cope.
0: Yeah,
2: That's his
1: special finishing move. God,
2: that sounds more entertaining, to be honest.
1: Oh, you're going to see that a lot when we get to the (laughs) original series.
2: I hope I don't get bored of it too quickly because it sounds really cool.
1: (laughs) No, it's great every time he does it. I'm (laughs) going to level with you. It's brilliant. I love it. (laughs) Uh, while Trip is trying to distract the computer, Malcolm leads to and Archer into the same tube he and he and Trip were in earlier, and they work out exactly where you can get to before it dematerializes you by Malcolm going to that point, dematerializing, appearing on the bridge, and just getting a look from Hoshi that says, "You fucking prick." <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you." <laughs> so Archer and topol now know, how far they can go, they just shoot through the wall using their phase pistols, and they find a fuck ton of bodies connected to the central computer. Another corpse
2: room. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yeah, even I looked around and was like, this looks familiar. Like
0: is this the third or the fourth room full of corpses that we've found so far?
1: A uh, third I can remember, but that doesn't mean there's not a fourth. I don't recall.
0: Yeah. I was like, I, I mean, I enjoyed this bit more than the other corpse rooms. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably did. It was nice to see like a variety of aliens in there. There's a Klingon and maybe a Norsekin in there and a couple of others. I
1: thought I maybe saw a Cardassian as well, to be honest. But... Oh, wow. A Cardassian? Go... Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be confusing to explain to him later on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I might have imagined that, and I'm not. Going to explain them to Elliot. Yeah, no, we're leaving now. <laughs> but one of the aliens isn't an alien. Well, I guess it is to Topol, but it's Travis. Who? And topol I say, ah, oh, here's here's our guy. And Archer's like, we've got a guy. Mm. <laughs> it's like,
0: Captain, I'm not sure if you're going senile, if you have a real problem remembering who this guy is. <laughs> Where, the there guy?
2: Was a, I thought I they just took one of our uniforms. There's a crewman in it. <laughs> <laughs> No one takes just tighty (laughs) whiteies Because
0: he uses midichlorians. (laughs) Whitey-as pants in the whole of the Alpha Quadrant. Do you know what? If I was an alien trickster, I would totally just nick all of the underwear off a spaceship. That makes me a pervert, I know, but it'd be worth it for the lols. Like, a five-year mission and no one's got any kegs. (laughs) Uh this this is Matt's script for a Q
1: episode so maybe it right. <laughs> would be a great Q <laughs>
0: you would be the worst but most annoying Q <laughs> oh and oh and the next thing is they ignite the plasma isn't it in, in its paint cans
1: yeah so they they get the they get Travis out, and then the station gets angry and starts <laughs> grabbing the Enterprise with its claws. Because the station has claws, by the way.
0: Yeah, this, this is cool, actually. I really like that. It was like, a, like yeah. a weird sea monster thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty menacing. It it did remind me of like when you see those old-timey pictures of the Kraken taking down a ship.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. that's
0: exactly what I thought of as well. I hope that's that, what
2: they
1: were yeah. going for. I like to think that's what the VFX guys were going for.
0: It's like if a Kraken had a garage...
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the plot of this episode. Okay. And then, yeah, they've they've ignited. They put a little bomb with the warp plasma that Trip left in the computer room, so they set that off. And then Malcolm gets impatient, going, "It's not doing anything yet." And Archer says, "Well, it's got to get hotter, and we've got a minute to fill of the episode." So,
2: mm. <laughs> so just hang on a sec. See if you can hear my squeak while we wait. If not, then we'll just go.
1: And then the station blows up, but it still got them grabbed with one of its claws. So Malcolm shoots a couple of torpedoes at it. They do have a little acknowledgement of, oh, we're very close. This isn't a good idea, but
0: it's fine. It's fine because was there anything in those torpedoes at all? Like it seemed like they might as well have just fired like shells, you know, empty torpedo cases. They didn't seem to do, it should have been a bigger explosion. They moved very slowly as well. Yeah, they are rubbish
1: but you know it snaps the claw arm and then they fly away as the station blows up and everyone's happy. Ray. And then Travis wakes up in Sickbay and Archer says to the doctor, "Hey, hey. How when's he going to be better because I need my helmsman and I wrote you only have one?"
0: Yeah, what happened yeah. when he's asleep? <laughs> ever stop
2: the ship, Travis is going to bed. <laughs> This is is this the same argument for when Phlox hibernates, but with ev- is there only one of every crew member? <laughs> every time any of them has to like go to the toilet or anything, the entire ship is in disarray. Do
0: you know what? This is a, a bit of a, a weird, nerdy fact, but there is like a, a thing online which basically gives a breakdown of what everybody on the enter- the NX01 enterprise does. For this enterprise. And like there's like eighty-two people on the crew or something, and it's and like you know, first warp manifold engineer, second warp manifold engineer, third warp manifold engineer. Why is there no second doctor? Or at least, you know, like, a senior medic? Like, somebody who's got, like, you know, maybe he's in, 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 like, med school? And that would be a good plot point, actually, if Dr. Flocks and I had, like, a human med student that he was teaching, you know? Yeah, I think,
1: you know, they, sh- they should have more than one of lots of these things, definitely.
0: Because <laughs> they shit.
1: But they-, they don't. You know, this is why we had that scene when those aliens called and Travis was the only person on the bridge and he needed a grown-up. <laughs> no, <yeah.
2: laughs> oh, I forgot. I love that scene. He looks so bewildered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but everything's fine. But then, oh no, we cut back to the station. And it's starting to
0: repair itself. Oh, oh, it's coming back. Well, it's not coming back, but, you know, it's coming back to life. Dun, yeah, we're never going to see it again.
2: Dun, yeah. Uh, really? really? Yeah. Why, uh...
1: Well, presumably because by the time of the next Star Trek show, it's quite far into the future, and they've found it and gone, oh, fuck that, and deactivated it completely. Yeah. Properly.
2: Build the real garage there. It's not, like, <laughs> relevant, but... Okay, Whatever. <laughs> You know, cracking garages here. I was, I was kind of into it. Screw it then.
0: But yeah, I kind of liked that. It was just one of those sort of like Twilight Zone kind of endings where, yeah, you know, you, you you wake up from the horrible nightmare and then you leave the house, but then it cuts to inside the house and there's a creepy doll that's been chasing them all along. You know, sat on the chair, motionless. It's it's just that kind of like horror ending. This is another like weird horror structured episode that didn't have. Like, it didn't push the horror, it kind of stayed more of an action, kind of, uh and a mystery Yeah, sort of
1: thought. it's It's not even the first time Star Trek's threatened an enemy that never turned up, so...
0: What are you thinking of, Patrick? You've got to be thinking of something, yeah? Conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's that's dead stop. And i got to say, kind of
2: liked it. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, it was okay. What, what did I give last week's episode? Was it a seven... Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. We should have been a six, but <laughs> this is probably going to be yeah another six. I would say. Yeah, just, you know, better than better than I'm used to for Enterprise, but uh, I'm I'm wary to get you know to get too used to this quality because I feel like it's just going to let me down. I'm hoping the show is picking up speed from you. Yeah, I
1: feel like season two so far has been an improvement on season one for the most part, and. What I liked about this is that the station did just feel so alien, and I think they did that better than they did with any of the new alien threats. Some of them they didn't do badly in season one, but this was the first time it felt properly, what the hell is this? Where did it come from? This is truly alien to us. And I was sitting there thinking, boy, I wish season one of Enterprise had maybe been the first half on Earth, and then the second half is the first half of season two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These would have been some great early adventures, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this would have been a great season one adventure, as with last week.
0: Yeah. And we should be into a plot of some sort by now, some kind of reoccurring plot that is not the Temporal Cold War. Although, I mean, if we did redo this show, I would still keep Silic in it, because he is such a boo-hiss villain. He yes. <laughs> cape and moustache that he, he needs to, to lurk around and, and look like a man made out of moss. <laughs> I mean... What were people's thoughts then in terms of... I mean, does anybody kind of have any thoughts on the actual plot itself? Any of the messages?
1: I, I think, you know, there's two messages there. One, automated call centers suck. Yeah. And two, don't trust
0: garages. The, this is exactly what I mean, right? So I got my notes. What's the message? disrespect your helpers is its own reward like (laughs) it's 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 i get it i mean the 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 station is obviously sinister Um, and actually they don't push that too hard initially in this because there could have been a lot more discordant notes and like you know slow pans away from some an officer to see like something weird going on in the background but yeah it's it's just like (laughs) I, I try to kind of find the. I mean, I know there doesn't need to be a moral or a reason there. And it's just like a weird sort of, you know, don't, yeah, don't trust call centers, I think is the closest we can get to it having like something for us to take away and think about, you know?
2: Jesus, I don't even know if the show is considering that that's an aspect that it has to do at this point. I think it might just be saying space is dangerous because they haven't made government in it yet. <laughs> they haven't made space government. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like. Know. Enterprise is talking baby talk, and it hasn't really spoken up much complicated stuff, or when it does it sounds like it's fucking drunk and it doesn't know what it's talking about. <laughs> I
0: think that yeah, asleep at the wheel is is the general uh, sort of uh, <laughs> idea for this whole thing I think
2: but the uh, plot for this episode is good. it wasn't like it was too copied from any other sci-fi aspect or anything, even though you know it's similar to a lot of stuff it's still feels star trek
1: yeah i really like the the pacing of this episode it's it's like you said matt where it's not to avert the threat at first it's a slower build to oh this thing's trying to kill one of our crew members yeah and and i think that the the pacing of each act was was pretty spot on to be honest i thought it 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 didn't outstay its welcome but nothing felt rushed either
0: one of the mm-hmm. things I like to do with um with these kind of episodes or just any episodes of these kind of shows is imagine what if the opposite happened. And in this case, like, for example, then maybe halfway through the episode. Travis kidnapped Klingon... the space station? <laughs> yeah. Travis drove the space station into the sun. No, like maybe like halfway through this episode, some raiders like Klingons turn up or something and try to attack the station and they make a deal with the station and it uses its big grappling arms to fight back. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah, that could work. And if if I can come up with like a whole plot for a totally different episode off the first like five ten minutes, then I'm like, okay, that's this could go in, in any direction. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the main plot. If I can just sit there and go, they're gonna get trapped by this weird desert alien guy and forced to do sports, <laughs> and then <eventually laughs> get rescued. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. But that's what I did like about it is that. I mean, I remember this episode. This is one of the episodes that actually stood out in my mind from the early seasons of Enterprise. Um, so I, although I couldn't remember the ins and outs of it, I did remember the station and it fixed itself at the end. And I remembered the um, the aliens in the room connected to the computer, Matrix-style. Yeah, I do like the idea that this could have gone in a radically different way. and would have still worked as an episode. I feel that's a good thing about the, uh, the, the, the plot then. I,
1: I had no memory of this one going in, and I don't understand that because... This The last three episodes, all of season two except the first episode, and I know, Elliot, you didn't really like Carbon Creek either, but Hated it. certainly for me, those three episodes, Carbon Creek, Minefield, and then this, they've been pretty solid episodes of Star Trek. I've quite yeah. liked them. I've enjoyed watching them. And it baffles me that this one I had no
0: memory of at all. Oh, wow. This is one of the episodes that I think about when I think about Enterprise. Like, obviously, I watched Enterprise when it came out more or yeah. less. I think I watched it on and off, occasionally missing episodes. And then since then, I think kind of when we went through uh, Star Trek a few years ago, I watched mm. most of it again then as well. And there's there's an actual possibility that I may not have seen a whole episode of, of Enterprise. I don't think it's the case, but there is a possibility that it might have been one I've missed while not kind of watching it in two view-throughs. But whenever I think about Enterprise, from the first time that I watched it, this is one of the episodes I remember. not well, because it's an, like, a really amazing episode. But yeah, because it's an odd little plot um, with, a, with an odd little villain in it. Do we have any more on Dead Stop then?
2: No, but I'm now wondering why nobody's ever made like a mecha kraken as a villain in their story or a monster. That would be cool. I'm
0: sure they have done. There is one in, in a Star Wars book, you know, that I read there years we go. ago when I was a kid they mm. They have like mountain at at walkers and they try to kidnap Princess Leia's children, and there's some weird robot Kraken like defense device they use against them,
2: oh, I think there's one in Atlantis as well, isn't there? There would have to be, I guess
1: <laughs> oh in the um the the, the Disney, Disney film.
2: animation, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a really good film, actually. I love that film.
0: I've never seen that. Check it out.
2: I remember it being a good one, yeah, very good animation yeah.
1: Has a it's it's a good film and it has Leonard Nimoy in it, so we should cover it as a Patreon exclusive. let do Leonard right?
2: Nimoy in that film.
1: He's the ruler of Atlantis.
2: Ah,
1: oh. there we go. Well, Elliot, our next episode is a night in sick bay.
2: Okay, Flox heavy episode or different character that got sick episode? Hmm. I don't remember. <laughs>
0: I think I do. I think it might be a a bottle episode. but I think it might be
1: a good one if it's the one I'm thinking of. Is it? Oh, are we going to finally meet the Denobulan Lima?
0: Oh shit! I mean, we never actually see that Lima, but it is referenced. Yeah, oh, fingers crossed. This might be the time, folks. This I might don't be the time. Think it is, <laughs> but hopefully we'll get to talk about it and then we can explain maybe in more detail why we keep bringing up that fucking Lima. <laughs>
1: it's a shame there's no photos anyway if you have enjoyed the podcast and you would like to hear more of our ramblings we're all on social media the podcast is as well links to all of that is in the description Elliot's soundcloud where you can listen to all of his music including the theme tune to this very podcast we also have a coffee account where if you do enjoy the podcast and you'd like to leave us a little tip we would be very very grateful And our Patreon isn't ready yet, but it will be soon, hopefully. Thank you so much for listening, and we will speak to you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: To the measure of a (laughs)
2: fava.